calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. I'm Jason Voss, CEO of Active Investment Management Consulting. Joining me here in the studio is Malcolm White. For those of you who don't know Malcolm, uh, he is a portfolio manager at Signature Global Asset Management, and he is routinely ranked as one of Canada's top 50 money managers. Not an easy designation to earn, I'm certain. And most importantly for today's discussion, he has a deep interest in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Malcolm, welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, of course. So many people talk about AI, and I think it's become one of those terms that's sort of smeared in its meaning, right? It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What are we talking about exactly, and what does it mean to you? Uh, for me, it's really uh, pattern recognition. It's the notion that we have all of this data out there. And finally, for once, we have the compute power and the capabilities to process all of this data. Now, the computer at billions and billions of, of, of instructions per second, per dollar, uh, is at a level that the computing is so cheap, it can unearth these patterns. And we've never also had more data. Billions and billions of pictures are uploaded to the internet, data is discoverable, and with it we can mine and find patterns that humans may not see uh, at a cost that humans could not do. So that's it, but it has multiple connotations. Uh, there's crazy connotations in the media space with the, uh, the Terminator robots and things like that, but uh, to me, it's 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 not magic; it's mathematics. Right. Okay. That's a, I, I like that summary. That's that's uh, super easy to remember and also true. So, at what do you think AI is good? Now, is it good or is it bad? But what do you what is it good for? What's a good application for AI and machine learning? Well, the, one of the projects that I did was reading transcripts. Yep. So, uh, what you can do is you can actually train the AI to read text and mine it for sentiment. So uh, is management saying good things or are there bad things being said? And you can correlate that to how the stock price moves. And what you can do is train the machine to say, hey, if, if management or a company starts saying these things, it could possibly trigger this type of stock activity. Now, the benefit is, look, humans can do this work as well. But uh, Reading 35,000 transcripts in, in, a, in a matter of minutes and being able to process, that's something a human can't do. And uh, it was actually some, something highlighted by our, our opening speaker, Daniel Pink, in terms of some of the research as well. So. Right. Yeah. So uh, what I hear you dangle there a little bit is natural language processing. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? That's just one of the areas is natural language processing. Uh, there's finding patterns in stock market data as well. So a, uh, an AI can mimic anything it, it can see. It can be as uh, crazy as Shakespeare or tweets, um, but it could be time series data. And so in my panel, I mentioned how it could learn a, a sine wave or, or temperature or a stock market pattern. And then that could, again, automate, and we're really talking about cognitive automation, a, a process to help people do risk management or portfolio management. So. Of course, the converse is also probably a legitimate question. What is AI and machine learning not good at? And is that not good at 
a technological limitation or is it just because of the nature of the way machines assess things it'll probably never be good at? What's your thought? Uh, there are things it's really not good at and this was a, a question in, in my session. Uh, it doesn't understand the meaning of things. So uh, what I mentioned was you can train an AI to make our, uh, learn recipes, cooking recipes. So you can feed it all of these cooking recipes and then you can say to the AI, generate a new recipe to make brownies. And there's a great site called AI Weirdness that has these examples. It'll generate that recipe, but the recipe will call for half a cup of sugar. Okay, that makes sense. Then it'll go, oh, you know, maybe some baking soda. But then it'll say, and add another half a cup of sugar, and another <laughs> half, half a cup of sugar, and there's some more brown sugar. And then it doesn't understand that it's going to make one big sugar cube. You know, yeah. it doesn't understand what sugar is or what water is. It, you know, it'll say, fold the water. It understands, you know, when you're cooking, you're folding things or cutting things. It doesn't understand water can't be folded. So I think that's it. That's the limitation. I see. Okay. And so that's not a technological limitation. Let's like imagine a genie appears here and you can rub the lamp and the genie says, Malcolm, I can grant you one AI wish, a technological wish. What's the wish? In other words, like what, what can we not do that you think we could do if we had the right technology? It's judgment. Yeah. It's really judgment. That's something, again, it's pattern recognition, but uh, to make it, it's, it's sort of this intelligent sense that, um, that there's this high level context and there's a high level meaning. So I, I sort of said like the, the artificial intelligence can't come up with something like Euclidean, the theory of Euclidean triangles. You know, that's something, it, 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 it's such a high level of reasoning. Uh, even I don't understand it sometimes, you know, how, how, they, how people conjecture this thing, but uh, but that's something that that would be, you know, once it got that, then it would definitely open it up to other applications. Sure, sure. And you and I talked before you uh, went live and I serve on the board of an AI firm. And this is one of the limitations they talk about all the time sure. is meaning, of course, which many people know, but also just the judgment, right? And knowing what's true. Sure. An example of that, of course, is everybody had huge expectations for IBM's Big Blue, right? That it was going to cure That's cancer. Right. The problem is there's no data on curing cancer. And so it's there's no pattern to look for necessarily. That's so right. it's good at diagnostics, not necessarily coming up with the cure for cancer. That's right. Yeah. And in uh, companies that I cover, um, one of them, BlackBerry, up actually up in my uh, up in Canada. Uh, they, the few, the proud. The few, the proud, yes. Um, there, there's this notion of autonomous vehicles. So you can program the car to see items in the road and react, but you need to create almost a safety agent, like a judgment agent that sort of says, wait a second, if you see this and this and this and this, maybe we need, so we need to override this. So we almost need an, an artificial intelligence to watch the artificial intelligence to make sure that the artificial intelligence is acting in the bounds that we expect it. In fact, there's a, a safety inspector, so to speak. Yeah, you may have seen a story last week, uh, maybe in the week before. I've been on the road. I know you have been as well. Yep. Can't remember the timing. Might have been the FT. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, they, researchers who uh, are working on the autonomous vehicles, one of the things they did is they changed the shapes of stop signs. They just barely cut off like, right. the corner of it or made it look a little bit different. And everything was thrown, thrown awry. That's right. I, I heard of one where, you know, the, the, the car drives by gauging lines in the road. Yeah. Well, someone drew lines around the car. They drew a box around the car, and the car couldn't figure <laughs> out where to go because it's trying to, okay, I'm on the right of the line, and what's the right of the line in a box? Okay. And, let's again, not digress, yeah, exactly. let's not digress yeah. too much. It's fun as yeah, it no, is. No. It's, and the reason I don't want to digress is because it is an important subject. It, it, is, a, it is a funny subject when it doesn't yeah, work. No. But should financial pros be embracing AI? Should they be running from it? 
That's question one. There's a, a second part to that question. Well, you know, financial pros are apprehensive. I don't blame them because the media has this notion of, uh, and this this came up in last year's conference. It was one of the top questions: Is AI going to replace my job? Uh, they sort of see this power. They don't really understand the context of this power, and it's it's threatening. Uh, it's threatening for a number of people just to say, "Look, we we had this cognitive monopoly here, and that, whoa, we don't have a cognitive monopoly. In fact, the AI." is better at humans and image recognition and facial recognition and language translation. So I think there's this, this nervousness. However, in finance, it's interesting. In traditional areas like image recognition, the AI can be 97% accurate. So, or language translation, it could re replace a translator. But in financial machine learning, you know, if it's 55% accurate or 56% accurate, it's good. So in other words, you still need a human to steer judgment. We talked about it. Uh, there's so much signal to noise. Uh, there isn't enough signal in the noise. You need to denoise it. And then you still need that, that safety instructor, the financial safety instructor to be able to interpret, hey, did this decision make sense? Because you're only 55% accurate. You know, it's not a high enough level to entirely trust the AI. Okay. So there's a there's a really valid place, and it's more of a, a hybrid, and this has shown up a number of times. It's going to be, look, we're going to use the AI to do cognitive automation, but the human still needs to be there for judgment. The centaur, I've heard it referred yes, to yeah, it as, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at a conference, yeah. and that's how they refer to it <laughs> as. So uh, the question, the, the second part of that question is, what should a finance pro be doing now, since it's early days still, to ensure that they're they're keeping a pace with the change that's coming? You know, the thing that surprised me as a practitioner was how fast this is changing. This is one of the few industries, first of all, it's real. It's absolutely real, and uh, but it's accelerating. Yeah. Uh, my analogy is like, even just trying to keep up with the learning and the material, it feels like I'm drinking out of a fire hose. So that in itself can be overwhelming, but I think people, look, there's no doubt, and it's come up in other sessions, this is gonna transform our industry. It's just a question of when, not if, when. Yeah. Is it 10 years or is it five years? I think all of us as professionals need to be oriented towards this thing because there's a, the digital transformation that will occur in the industry, but there will be a digital divide. And I think eventually people are gonna say, look, this is a person who gets data, gets machine learning, gets AI, understands how to incorporate that into their daily process. This is someone that doesn't, that, that's afraid of machines, et cetera. But it's such a powerful augmentation to labor, you can't ignore it. And so I think you're gonna, it's, I think workers are gonna get divided that way. And it, as I said in my lecture, you gotta be on the right side of that. You don't have to be a, a data scientist, but you do need to be knowledgeable and understand the applications. So would it be mathematics or software packages you would spend time trying to learn? Well, this is interesting. I think it's a combination. It's a hybrid of all things. It's, uh, it's the data domain. Uh, what do you understand in finance and how can you apply it? Uh, so we've gone to our bond group or our currency group or our derivatives group, our equity group. They all have some interesting data domain, but then it's the programming part, which is required, and also the data scientists call that the statistical part, like am I generating something? And it's actually all three. So it's a very unique individual. The, the conference talks about T abilities and shapes, and, and I think it's, it's, it's something that can balance all of that. And I think there'll be a multitude of, of different roles, but you have to be digitally 
and, and direct it towards that data and that element and feel comfortable in those worlds. Okay, so let's now talk about neural networks. Yes. How do they work and how can they be incorporated into the investment process? And we're running a little bit out of time, so concise. Um, Concisely, because I've got one yeah. more question I have to okay, ask you. Okay, well, it's funny. The uh, what researchers wanted is they they were looking at the, the human brain and how it works with synapses and and what a neural net is a mathematical equivalent or modeling of the brain. But the, its power is just like the brain; it's a general purpose tool. So you can feed it pictures or patterns or time series, and you can train it, and it will understand all of these things without having to do extensive modifications. So that's. It's it's a it's it's very good at general problems, uh, which you know hardcore math is, is isn't. All right, so here's my final question. Okay. I think a fun question. All right, I, I know that you like well, to have fun, so exactly. let's do it. Um, with no ante in the pot, just a best guess. What does the job of the investment analyst look like in ten years, relative to to your thesis about AI and ML? So I I, I don't even have to be hypothetical. My son is 14 years old, and I said, well, what would what's my son going to be doing? Yeah. If he decided to go in this profession, and I think what you're you're doing is you'll you're, you're going to be actually working. If you're a portfolio manager, you'll be working with your associates. You'll be working with the rest of your groups and asset managers and risk management. But you'll be working with an army of of AI bots. Yeah. And they will be doing all of these functional this functional work for you screening translating uh, documents, uh, tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, look, I, I, I noticed this really interesting pattern in Japan with this, uh, supply chain checks, translating language, uh, and packaging that all together to say, uh, but you'll have this like hundreds and hundreds of these workers at your disposal uh, giving you this, this intelligence. So one, one number, single answer of my final question, at what point does it get murky and you don't know what it looks like? My question was going to be, what's it look like in 25 years? How far out kid, do you lose sight of what you think is possible? Uh, I'm really looking only at 20 years or so. Okay. Uh, right. And I do have confidence there. So. All right. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us, Malcolm. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.